0: Welcome to Cloudlandia. Mr. Sullivan. Mr. Jackson, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year from mm-hmm. Cloudlandia. Yeah. Here we are. Where
1: in yeah, the. Yeah, think- uh, we're on the mainland are you today? Yeah, I'm in Toronto. Okay. We just chilled. We just yeah. basically chilled. Yeah, yeah. we were uh, traveling a lot in November, and uh, will be the same in January and February. So we mm-hmm. decided to, you know, <clears throat> it's been very nice. I mean, we had the storm, not much of one here. It was about four or five inches, clearly the fault of some variation on global warming. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah, yeah. I think cause number 89 or something like that. You know, they have a lot of different different causes. But Buffalo got hammered. It's all combustible. Uh, Buffalo always gets the worst because they have the... They're at a weird configuration. They're right at the eastern end of Lake Ontario and the southern end of... Well, southern end of Lake Ontario and eastern end of Lake Erie. And there's a weird thing that dumps six or seven feet on them. Oh, We're man, I know. Them. I often remember that, like thinking, you know, the
0: two things that always stuck out of my mind about buffalo is first of all, the fires. Cause if you watch
1: in Tonawanda.
0: Fire in well, Tonawanda. In Tonawanda.
1: <laughs> <In Tana-Wanda. laughs> I think it's just, I think that was because it was fun
0: to say fire in North yeah. Tonawanda. Tillman <laughs> eleven.
1: Yeah, Yeah, and then the uh, we both share that that, that realization. uh, Yeah, I don't think anyone else in the uh, United States, Alaska, they might, but not in the mainland. I think that Buffalo gets the worst of it when they have those sort of storms, and you know, it is what it is. I mean, those sort of things happen, and. uh, but yeah, you know, it's been happening forever, so it's not something recent. Yeah. Yeah. But that was the- yeah. You know, the thing what people, you know, there's just a couple of factors that don't take people into consideration. You know, first of all, storm damage. Well, you know, when the population was one third as great as it is right now, when I was born it was about a third of what it is right now. You didn't have that many things to damage, you know, from yeah. the storm. Okay, so, and the other thing is the number of people who are now reporters and journalists and comment, uh, mm. co- commentators, and that's truly exponential. That's truly grown yeah. exponentially. I think you're right. It's almost like every every
0: person, how many people now are online online? that you up to five billion
1: yeah no the number of I people think it's with, you know four or four yeah, like it might four be billion. Half, the, half the global population might be higher i mean mm-hmm. who could who doesn't count on this you know is there a well is there a is there a meter, a some, there a meter <laughs> somewhere that's <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, we just crossed five, we just crossed five billion, Yeah yep, yeah, yep. it was a it's little so, boy, oh, a, yeah, a little yeah. boy in one of those Indian ocean oh, I islands, yep again.
0: Part over. One, two, yeah. three, four. <laughs> no, but yeah. the point yeah. is that there's three or four billion people all over the globe. There's probably no corner of the globe that's not covered with access to, you know, satellite or, you know, being a direct mm-hmm. link to Cloudlandia. And so you've got now three or four billion people with an instant satellite uplink and a video camera everybody's a news crew that the as soon as that fire breaks out in tonawanda you've got the closest person with their cell phone is the one people in
1: south reporting people in south africa know about it
0: yeah and all of a sudden it's trending on twitter like the dispatch center the
1: You know, the British
0: are coming, the British are coming. (laughs) That little, that way of getting the message out is super Mm -hmm. fast now. And you look at that, that I think is reflected in how quickly chat GPT got to, you know, its first however many million And it's an
1: emotional, it's an emotional and psychological multiplier. You know those emotions get multiplied by by this, you know I mean, yeah, and I've really noticed uh, the drop off inside of me of that being affected by that multiplier since I'm in my fifth year now with no television, and just not tuning in every day lessens the force of people's emotional overwhelm in the world because that's what gets mm-hmm. reported on is outbreaks of emotional overwhelm
0: yeah I was doing reflecting yesterday and realized I've been kind of observing the, you know, the dopamine effect of, you know, constantly being hooked in to the matrix. You know, like I I do, if I look at, I'm honest about screen time or screen sucking as our friend Ned Hollowell would call it, there's a lot of screen sucking in my life. You know, be it YouTube or, you know, and often a lot of those things, you know, you kind of justify it by, well, I'm watching podcasts or I'm watching, you know, important thing, not just watching, you know, cat videos. But then I realized, you know, I do, I watch a lot of TikTok and Facebook and YouTube shorts has been the latest that you just get into the river of this ever ending stream of one minute dopamine hit every, mm-hmm. with an infinite scroll. And all of a sudden mm-hmm. fill in all of those, look at all the time. You know, I, if I, I mentioned how the thing about, I was reflecting on verbs and my doing. Verbs and nouns. And, verbs and Yeah, nouns. the verbs. Yeah, yeah. So I'm always, you're always doing. Something with every minute of the of available time, right? You can't just you're not just even nothing is something. <laughs> sitting because mm-hmm. you're sitting or standing, and I was playing around with this matrix of the state of the position you're in, like contextually. So we go from a, you know from a state of lying down or sitting or standing to moving to running kind of thing. You're on the move is one of those, your mobility level. And then on the primary things of the inputs really come from thinking is the least effortful thing, thinking or listening or watching or reading or talking or drawing or writing. Those things are all like go from pure you know input to output kind of modes but it was kind of it was a it wasn't an exhaustive list. I mean there's certainly everything that I do could fit into those handful contexts, right? If you overlay (laughs) all of the activities and then the content fits under those. So what am I thinking about? What am I watching? What am I reading? I'm reading, you know, there's a modifier to it then. And it's kind of an interesting, I, I'm a very, I like to get, you know, bedrock things like to see where what are the edges of things, the boundaries, to, you know, set up the constraint mm-hmm. that the buckets that everything fits into and looking to, you know, apply
1: <laughs> those to the outcomes that. So, what would be an example I'm of a bedrock through. measurement? What would be an example? Well, of a bedrock. Measure? So, I mean,
0: the amount of time that I'm actually just, if you look at those things and you overlay on top of that, this, what never changes is that the mainland, you know, I, I distinguish the mainland from Cloudlandia in that the mainland is material. Real, actual, there's rules, there's science that goes with the mainland. You can be a shapeshifter in cloudlandia. You can, you're not bound by the rules of or the limitations of the mainland. But on the mainland, the general rule is that it's always moving. It was moving before we got here. It's going to be moving after we're gone. And it's moving at the rate of 60 minutes per hour. As a be- that's a foundational bedrock thing. Mm-hmm. Nothing that we can do to change that reality that we are moving at the, you know, in mm-hmm. time at the rate of 60 minutes per hour. So if you and I are going to record a 60 minute podcast, that has to be executed within the reality of 60 real minutes. We, those have to be then positioned as coordinates. uh, If you look at the calendar as the actual Mm -hmm. coordinates to map what we're doing. So you and I have the least amount of planning or organization or effort required to make this happen because we have established that Sunday morning at 11 a.m., we're going to meet in Cloudlandia, right? And we've mm-hmm. established those coordinates. So we've got that locked into place. And we mm-hmm. don't have to do any thinking about it unless an outlier situation happens like this morning. And you emailed and said, can we do 1130? Right? Had to change the coordinates. We couldn't, couldn't be in two places at one time right? Mm You didn't do what you had to do and be here. So that's a limitation within the construct of the mainland. And I'm really, this is really coming from, I've been doing some deeper thinking about the applied element of imagine if you applied yourself, you know? So what does the applied mean? Applied is where it's the catalyst thing, you know? It's where everything Happens. Everything that, that takes shape in the mainland is going through this, you know, into, into the mainland through the time, energy, you know, those verbs that we need to, to do. And so my Mm -hmm. list, that was my, you know, I think that if I take that list of thinking of, You know, thinking, listening, watching, reading, talking, drawing, writing. If I take those, Mm -hmm. those are pretty much the toolkit of the, of the input and output kind of ratio. And I, that's why I say about bedrock, I don't know that there's anything, those contexts, pretty much everything we're doing fits into one of those base context it's like the almost the
1: periodic element of yeah, the no, yeah no i I mean, and I was just thinking of human affairs, you know both on the personal level and then on the interactive level, you yeah. know two individuals working with each other, and then groups and communities and everything else you're on the <clears throat> success scale you're either successful or unsuccessful to the degree that you come to grips with 60 minutes an hour.
0: Yeah. And that's the truth. And the greatest thing, the real leverage within that, there's not much, there's certain ways that you can advantageously apply those. I mean, there are certain things that you can create. Uh, I heard this great concept, Jay Conrad Levinson. and I have to give him credit for this, a guy who wrote guerrilla marketing. And he wrote a book that was less known but it was called the 90-minute hour. And what he talked about was looking for opportunities where you could blend things to essentially create a 90-minute hour. So if you're looking at things where technologies or combinations that if advanced planning can help you do two things at once, it would be conceivable, for instance, for me to... Record this podcast, but also be driving to somewhere an hour away from now. And I've essentially doubled the effect of, I've gotten the one hour of, you know, doing that. There's combinations of things that you could do. You can listen to a podcast while you're driving. You can ride on a treadmill while you're watching YouTube videos, or it's the it's those ninety minute hour things, and then the other way of multiplying it is by you know through automation, but also through other people. That's the real who thing. not how. Who yeah, that who not how is the thing. If you can, if you expand your self to follow our acronym of mm-hmm. you know your sphere, your energy, leadership, and finances that. If you're involving other people, you know, like right now, you've got how you've got over 100 employees now.
1: 130. Uh, 130,
0: 130.
1: 130 people.
0: Yeah. So every mm-hmm. business day, you are, you know, you're getting 130 hours per hour. Step to Multiply. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's
1: exactly right. Steps. Yeah. Yeah, well, didn't ask for it, Siri, so, you know, have a good new year. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. But that's,
0: yeah. so now it's like th- those are really, this is where I'm learning about the applied thing or, you know, sharpening yeah. your thinking around the applied
1: yeah. side. Yeah. And I mean, there's, they're almost there's all like putting sorts those of, recipes. It, together. You know, I think that you know, if you take, let's use a big topic like philosophy. You know, and philosophy, mm-hmm. the you know the Greek words translate very loosely into English as the love of the love of wisdom. The love of wisdom mm-hmm. is really what philosophy means, and wisdom is you know, if you think about it from the standpoint that you're talking about, wisdom is. Knowing what to do with your time, you know, it's basically, Mm -hmm. did you know what to do with your time? Did you know, did you know what's the best way to use your time? Did you know why it's important to use your time in such way that it, you know, makes you happy? And uh, so there's, you know, there's a, you can go down maybe a list of seven or eight things, but if you took them all together and said, you know, basically, if you study all the books of philosophy, they're touching on um, the issue of how does one use one's time? You know, basically, that's basically what all philosophy is about. Yeah.
0: And that's exciting. Like that, to me, I'm enjoying this process of, you know, replacing, because I find that infinitely. You, I think you said something about when you kind of realize that what's going on inside your mind is. Much better than what's going on inside your television, right?
1: That's a better. <laughs> I think that's where you said it. I mean, that's the well, way I heard know, it. you know, I mean, so, uh, you, yeah. you got to check this. You got to check this out person by person. But <laughs> you know, you know, I think I would say that that was very crucial to my decision not to watch television because there wasn't anything. <laughs> going on there that was, you know, it was as useful as an hour with me sitting in a room with nothing going on, but just, uh, <laughs> you know, thinking about your thinking. Watch, watching and yeah. thinking about my thinking, lots going on when I'm thinking about my thinking. But yeah. any, anyway, and, you know, I want to bounce three things off you. It's the subject of my next book. Okay. So I'm getting, I'm closing in on the end of the quarterly book here. So we got January to get it all Sh- sh- shaped, shaped up, and shipped out oh. to the publisher, to the printer. This one that I'm sending out is called Capitalism Dash and everything else, to indicate that a lot of people like to create. There's an equivalency, like like there's an ideological shopping market. Then there's the capitalism section and the socialism yeah. section and the communist section, and it's a silly thought. There is no equivalency. Okay, capitalism, which produces everything good and new. And then there's other systems that oppose capitalism, but they don't produce anything. They simply take what capitalism produces and redistribute it in a highly prejudicial way. Yeah, in other words, you didn't produce it, but you think that it's not fair that the person who produces it should get all the benefit. Of it. So we're going to let you produce anything you want, but we're going to take a portion of it, or a very big portion of it, or all of it, and we're going to keep it for ourselves, or we're going to give it to people who are deserving of what you produce. That's the reality of the planet, and it goes back. It's one of those things like time, because Mm -hmm. production is very, being productive is very much related to your basic measurement of 60 minutes per hour. You know, people who are the people who are productive and the people who are profitable and the people who are prosperous are the people who do a better job of capitalizing on their 60 minutes per hour than other folks are. You know, it's basically what it is. But I was thinking that with kind of a lot of unsettling things going on in the world right now, unsettling in the sense that people thought, things were going to go along one way and it's turned out they're going along going along in an unpredictable way and i think that unsettles people when your expectations are defied by reality and a couple of things that i think have unsettled people one is the sudden inflation that's kicked up over the last you know over the last two years see and we were supposed to be at a point where at most you'd have one percent, maybe two percent inflation per year, and you could count on that. There would be no inflation. All of a sudden, you know, you're sitting at six percent. And people who have limited income for the rest of their life, they that really impacts their life. They get very unsettled by that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the other thing is that we weren't supposed to have those kind of our public health care was supposed to be totally on top of things. And, you know, there were centers for disease control who were supposed to control disease. And it turns out they didn't. Yeah, we're not full right? And the public health care system isn't what we thought it was. So that's an unsettling fact. You know, and then there aren't now supposed to never be another war in Europe. And there is another war in Europe. And it's a major one. And, you know, and the FBI are supposed to be the good guys. And now we have a lot of proof that they're not the good guys. (laughs) At least from my perspective, they're not the good guys for my side. (laughs) They they may be the good guys for somebody else's side, but they're not supposed to be partisan. They're not supposed to be favoring one side. You know. All so right. I just go on. I could go on about ten or twenty things and this gets talked about and it's essentially what the news is. You know, what we call the news, you know, with capital letters news, that's basically what it is. And I was sitting there about a week ago and I said, What if none of it means anything? <laughs> what if the hokey pokey really is what it's all about? Yeah, what if none of this really <laughs> means anything? And it's really, it's just basically the storm, it's just a total mushroom cloud of of emotion. You know, it's just Mm -hmm. kind of, it's just like a tsunami wave. It's like a tsunami wave. And you only get caught by the tsunami if you have those emotions inside of you. Otherwise, it's like nothing's happening. Like if you don't relate to why other people are emotionally upset, then you're not going to be upset because there's no communication line between their emotions and your emotions okay right. so it's a, it's an interesting thing so i got further thinking and i said what would be some rules that you would need to be basically a feel you know for feeling okay for feeling really kind of cool and very calm in the storm of other people's negative emotions, what would you be looking for? What would be some rules to do? I'm not sure I understand. Well, I know you don't understand. <laughs> that. That. Yeah. yeah. But I tell you, you get Siri into any kind of conceptual matters, and she's she's helpless. Right. You know, she's Yeah, she's just helpless with context. And I'm saying that so it's recorded at Cupertino. And make there you go. Perfect. This. <laughs> anyway, Siri, why is Apple still in China? Could you talk to some people there? And <laughs> I can't <get> it. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> She's at least rehearsed it. She's at least rehearsed it. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to throw my watch. I'm just gonna throw it across the room. <laughs> I, I I threw it under the couch. There you I go. I'm Perfect. Out of, I'm out of ear range for Anyway, the so the three three rules I came up with, and you know, I'm just introducing these, are everything's made up. Number rule number one is everything's yeah. made up. I like okay. that a lot. It's true. Okay. Number two is nobody's in charge. Yeah. Everything is made I'm up. Not saying that, I'm not saying charge. there. I'm not saying there aren't people who think they're in charge. I'm just saying that nobody actually is in charge. Yeah. And let me just remember the number three here. Huh. I have to go over my notes on this. My oh, goodness. Yeah.
0: It reminds me of the that, that show whose line is it anyway that was uh, on television, and they always the show where everything's made up and the points don't matter. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of what you're. Everything is made up. No one's in control, or no one's in
1: no no, one's in, no one's in yeah, charge. No one's in charge. Yeah, no one's not in control. There are people who are kind of in control. in control. In other words, they can keep you from doing certain things, or they can. Force you to do certain things, but they're not really in charge, you know. Like uh, you're not really buying into, you know, their authority. You're not really buying into their position. You're not really buying into that. And uh, there was a third one. If you don't mind, I'm gonna, I'm going to do a new I'd thing. I love I'm gonna it. Actually, oh, yeah, going to walk up because I want to get that. I want to get that third thing. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I'm walking up the stairs. Okay. I'm now at ground level. Okay, Babs is peeling vegetables. Okay. I'm just going to grab my computer and bring it down. Good lesson for the future always. Bring your computer down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the first like two hours are-
0: so far though. I was just going to say I really like where it's going so far, that's the, that is the truth, you know, and it kind of parallels what I was thinking about these contextual things. Like I had that realization from the Shangri-La hotel in London, looking down at all the ants, all the people marching in the same direction and realize, you know, when you take out the, the sound And you just look at the mechanical things. There's very few things. We're doing all the same things. If you just observe, we're walking, we're sitting, we're standing, we're talking, we're looking at a screen. All of those things are the physical, you know, mechanical things that we're doing. But what brings them to life is the content of it. And that's all really made up in our heads, you know, Yeah.
1: I got rule number three. Okay, so rule number one is everything's made up. Rule number two is nobody's in charge. And rule number three is life isn't fair. That is true. Those are all great. Yeah, and if you can kind of own those, you know, to a certain extent, you can take those inside. And when things happen, you say, well, first of all, remember everything that's being discussed here was made up by somebody. You know, I mean, somebody may have been a couple of thousand years ago, but it was made up. And you realize all sorts of stuff are being made up today. Some of it in competition with things that were made up thousands of years ago. So there's a certain Mm -hmm. level of competition about this, you know, especially around the topic of truth, you know, topic of Mm -hmm. reality. Well, what's reality. And I said, well, you know, that 60 minutes per hour. There is a reality to it, but you have to realize that one time it was made up.
0: Yeah, that's true, right? That is true. There was no, nobody was, I mean, it existed. It was there. You know, just the cadence of it, though. I mean, the rhythm was certainly there. The observable, hey, the sun disappears every night, and then it comes up again every morning behind me, Mm -hmm. appears in front of me, it comes up behind, where'd the sun go? Oh, there it is. Oh, wait a minute, that happened again. Hey, wait a minute, at noon, it seems like it's right over top of, I mean, it's amazing to me the where we've come, you know, from just like observing the things around us, right? Everything that we take for granted now has come from the realization by other people thinking about their thinking that, hey, wait a minute, that sun seems to go on a path from the east to the west, and it, let's call that a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's something, right? When you look at if we were to measure it, how long does it take to go?
1: Yeah, and you know, up? the thing was that people said, well, you know, how do we actually measure what happens between one si- sunrise and one sunset? You know, and they said, yeah, yeah, you know, you know, and they had, you know, they had various ways of that they looked around to do it. And, you know, one of them, you know, and they had to advance quite a bit before they could do what I'm going to now talk about. But they say, well, let's have candles and we'll burn a candle and we'll have measurements on the candle. And it looks like it sort of burns down at a constant pace here every time it goes down. And then they'd get some sort of rough handle, you know. They could do it at midsummer's day when the you know the time between sunrise and sunset is the longest and they would do it just a week ago when you know at midwinter's day when it's at its shortest and they'd work out Tables, you know, and but think of all the other things, the other kind of tools that they had to create to get a handle on just one. Yeah, and how long it took. I wonder what is, I wonder what
0: the history of the time is. That'd be an interesting chat GPT session.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, the Romans the Romans really didn't have it, you know. So they were very uh-huh. advanced. They had sundials, you know. That was the best they had. Yeah. they had. I think they had. I think they had some form of sand dial too. You know, with you know, you would put you have two vessels, and one of them's got a hole in the bottom, and you put you fill the one up with sand, and then it leaks out the bottom and goes into the other one, and they it takes up. But you need something that's you can already measure with to create some new measurement, you know, you know, and even now with atomic clocks, you know, which they're based on, you know, the deterioration of a atom. there is a, I looked it up a couple of years ago, but there's a clock, there's one clock in the world. It's in the United States, I think, where it keeps track of all the time in the world. And so, you know, but it's not exact, and every, you know, five years, six years, they have to add a second, sort of deduct a second, you know, then everybody's time. Yeah, I wonder how, you ever wonder how they keep, how that
0: stuff gets made up, you know? That's-
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, it is made up. Yeah, somebody made it up. I mean, it was like the railroad time you know, for the you know, was necessary because the locomotives had been created and they were using single tracks between cities where you would have, you know, trains leaving the city more or less at the same time, but coming in opposite directions. And if one of them didn't go off to a side track at a certain point you were going to have a collision. And in yeah. the early Railroad days they had a lot of collisions, and so they had to create that was a Canadian actually who created the global railroad time is that right those Canadians yeah, yeah. and you know in the mid eighteen hundreds you know eighteen eighteen fifty eighteen i think it was it was established at one of the world fairs you know in the late 1800s because they had the, those world fairs they had back then that was to introduce new Scientific and technological breakthroughs when everybody mm-hmm. could come together in one place. Or anything else? But I just looked at you know I was just looking at my three rules for staying calm and cool. Of everything's made up. So the moment you hear something, you said I don't know if I accept that or not, but I do accept the fact that somebody made it up. Okay, and <laughs> I acknowledge that somebody made that up. I acknowledge well, that somebody made that up. But it kind of contradicts something else that I hold on to, which also someone made up. So it's a choice of which made up I'm going to accept here. And I think that relaxes you. Just acknowledge that, hey, it's all made up. So this is the best. I mean, 100 years ago, people thought the earth was flat. And some still do. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they thought that though, because it's very clear that it, you know if you get up on any kind of height, there's very clearly that the the when you get to the horizon, it sort of curves. It sort of, it sort of curves yeah. around, yeah. And I, I, don't, right. I don't know why. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I wonder who made that up that the world was flat. That it re- <laughs> supposedly people believed in it. <laughs>
0: You know, yeah,
1: people, it shows you where the thought people goes. Who didn't right. climb, people who didn't climb mountains, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> people who were born in... <laughs> yeah, but my feeling is that it, what it does is that it, it relaxes you a little bit, and you say, well, you know, I feel strongly about this, but I do have to acknowledge that I'm believing strongly about something that somebody made up, and if you mm-hmm. ask me who that was or what the history of it is, I'm not in a position to tell you right now. So that lessens the power of my outrage <laughs> that mm-hmm. you're suggesting you're making up something now that contradicts what I made up. So, And the other thing is nobody's in charge. In other words, there isn't anyone you can go to whose opinion about where things come from is going to be any better than yours.
0: And what was the third one? So everything is made up no one's
1: life no, life's not life's, life's not, not fair. fair yeah right yeah so there's nothing that you're born into that is fair you know when we're born there's nothing fair there's nothing fair it wasn't nothing was designed for you with you in mind nothing was made up with you in mind yeah. <laughs> uh, that's so funny yeah yeah, I'm just playing with them. They're like rules of geometry. They're like the, right. we like the geometry there, so. of staying calm and cool. This is, you know, Dan Euclid Sullivan's
0: yeah, view of the universe. Yeah, this is I mean, the Euclid had to make these things up. Euclid made
1: yep. it up. Well, he was a great aggregator of, I think, everything that other people had made up. Mm-hmm. I don't think that Euclid was an original math creator. He, uh, he the uh, He was an on aggregator. Observing? He he gathered everything and organized it and put it into a system. And in one case, he showed that there's a sequential system. That you know, I mean, proposition number one is divide a straight line into two parts. Mm -hmm. The first proposition of all mathematical genius. So what you do is you draw a straight line, okay, which is, you know, it's in the sand or it's on a piece of parchment or anything. You draw a straight line and then to divide it in half, you take a compass, you know, a compass, not a compass for discovering the North Pole, but a compass for drawing a circle circumference. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, a circle. And you put the uh-huh. in you put the point of the compass in one end of the line and you make you you make take it out further than half of the line and then you draw a curved line above it and you do the mm-hmm. same thing on the other side and you draw a curved line and now you have an intersection of two lines. And then you do mm-hmm. the same thing underneath the line and then you have and then you draw a straight line between the two points, and that divides the line into two parts. And that's the start mm-hmm. of all g- geometric mathematics in the world. There you go. Interesting how it came from. You know, that's his, that was
0: his thinking about his thinking. I wonder how long it took for yeah. him to, you know, come up with that. But you imagine, like, the... Uh, I'd love to see, you know, a, a kind of dramatization of Euclid's discoveries in the modern... You know, if he was in modern... <laughs> yeah, is sitting in a is sitting in a chair. He,
1: yeah, actually, the uh, they think the Library of Alexandria that it was a sort of a it was a big library where all the scrolls were and but they had uh, like conferences there and they had tutorials and classrooms and you know people came and discussed. New things that they had discovered, and it was sort of a collecting point. I think it was sort of the Google of the age, and uh, you know. And uh, he was a mathematician, a Greek, I think. But the Greeks traveled far and wide, in the Mediterranean world, and this is where he situated himself. And there's not much known about him except that he did exist, and he was acknowledged at the time of being someone knowledgeable about. Mathematical principles. Yeah, Not so either. he's as good. People say, "Well, <laughs> you know, people say, well, how do we know that you could started all this?'" And I said, "Somebody made it up." <laughs> You're right,
0: exactly. Is that all part of your this new capitalism and
1: everything else? Book? No, because that. Is the next the, no, okay. This is, oh, okay. This is the next book. So I'm just starting in on this. And um, what is the next one and, called?
0: Everything is made up and the points
1: don't matter? No, it's, yeah, I've just changed the name, actually, because of our conversation here. Geometry of staying calm and cool.
0: Okay, I like
1: that.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's good.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's because it's very clear to me that just feeling something and expressing yourself doesn't really increase your ability to get a handle on... Sixty. There's sixty minutes in an hour. Anything can impact you from the outside, and you have no control over your reactions to things from the outside. I just don't think you're going to make very much progress as a person, and you're not going to get much done. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty. Is that how
0: far out do you book your quarterly books? One quarter. Just you just think, like, so you've got a hopper, yeah, when I'm
1: getting close, yeah, yeah. I have a file and I have 30 possibilities, but usually yeah. they stay in that file because they were worth writing in the file, but they weren't worth um, getting out of the file and actually doing something out of it. And but they I don't feel any uh... waste. I don't feel that I'm wasting, you know, wasting time or anything like that, you know, so you write it down. I saw, say, okay. a
0: profile, I saw a profile of Woody Allen years ago and, you know, it showed his process. He writes ideas down. He writes like, you know, synopsis or scene ideas, the movie titles, ideas on yellow pads. And he just stuffs them in a drawer and then when it's time basically makes one movie a year for fifty years now or whatever. And when it's time he goes in the drawer and he looks out and picks out one and okay, that's the one. And then he goes to work on writing and exploring that one.
1: Yeah. Pretty interesting. I mean I get a sense, you know, of everything that's Happening in my experience of the clients and the workshops, and uh, you know, so and I get a sense of what kind of thinking tools might be useful for the next quarter, and then what would be. Then I've got the relationship with Ben Hardy about you know a big book with. Yeah, I
0: just got my ten times is
1: easier than two times. The galley, you got the galley proof here. I got the galley. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. So that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. What's your next? So everybody. One yeah. I mean, we send it out to. I think we send it out to everybody in free zone in ten times. We sent the, we sent this out the galley proof, and uh, you know, and and then we ask people to because it's already up on Amazon. You know, with you can pre-order it. You pre-order. Know, on Amazon. Yeah. But we ask people to, if they get the is to put up a review because that helps. That helps mm. with the pre order. Yeah. You know, Gotten some good stuff. And uh, there's a couple thousand that have already been pre ordered, which is great. And what's next? Yeah. You got the next one already? Yeah. We hold off on that. Ben gets eager. Ben would like to have the, you know, he would like to be a little bit further ahead with that. And I think Hay House would too. But, you know, our big thing is to capitalize the eggs that are about to be laid, not, you know, a future chicken. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, that's good. I mean, yeah. I'll get to well, it when one. we get to it. Yeah, because yeah. they, no they have a production year and everything. And we're doing it this year in May instead of if it had been on normal schedule, it would have happened two months ago in October. But mm-hmm. they there has been a huge supply chain problems for paper. Paper uh, shortage, in, yeah paper shortages in the United States. And so they had some commitments of, you know, that they had to, you know, that they had to take care of books that were in production and had a earlier prior deadline to ours. So they wanted to guarantee that they could do justice to those other books. Mm -hmm. And so they asked us, but I actually like May a little bit better than October. I think it's. Well, our birthdays are in May. Yeah. Well, there. I was looking for the reason, and you just defined it. Yep, that's it. Both of our birthdays in May. That's right. Yeah, you're you're the ninth. Are you the ninth? I'm May tenth. Yes. Yeah. Well, actually, the release date is the day before your birthday this year. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, that's a good thing. <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, anyway, this is this is really interesting, and uh, you know the interesting things that people uh, often ask. You know, what is the intent of your podcast with Dean Jackson? This called on thing. What is? <laughs> You know, what's your strategy here? What are each of you and both of you together trying to achieve? And I said, Hmm, I haven't given that much thought. I'll have to bring the topic up with Dean. There we go. I'm clueless. I can't think of I can't think of any intent whatsoever that's why we're doing this.
0: It's one of those you know, the value is in the doing of it. It's really I think it's one of my the activity is its own reward. That's exactly what it is for me. And it's so funny that you say that, though, because every now and then, but not every now and then, I mean, almost every week, I'll have people say, you know, I was just listening to you and Dan. Somebody was saying they were going, they were driving somewhere and they went back. They started like on episode one of Welcome to Cloudlandia. He said in episode three. You know, you guys and I forget what it was, Dan, but we were talking about something that he was like. That was a really like, bounce shift for me, and I think it's just it's a great thing that the com the comments that I get are that people it's you know gets their gets them thinking about their thinking.
1: Yeah, I think, so, I think the big thing is that I I think that there are there it is important especially for your practical life that you do have periods of time and you have particular type of interactions where there is a particular result that you have to achieve and you have to achieve it by a particular deadline and it's got a economic consequence. Okay, I'm clear about that. Okay. But that's but I keep that within the framework of strategic coach activities. Okay, that mm-hmm. are related to our program. You know, everything yeah. comes down yeah. to the p- program, and uh, and but then one of the rewards you get for doing that well is that you get so uh, all sorts of time where you don't have to impose those requirements on your time. Yes, yes, and then I think that
0: by the things that you choose to do, unpurposeful
1: Unpurpos- un- time.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> and then but I think ultimately, then that that shapes the thinking of that you bring into the things that have that commercial intent, or what yep. you the way you were just describing it there. Because I think about you know the seeds of the things that we talked about with the joy of procrastination. You know, even starting all the way back. When we first had that, the very first conversation there, been, there's a lot of seeds of thoughts that have really developed into other things, which is kind of a, I like that a lot. Yeah. It's a wonderful, like I honestly, that's part of the thing is it's one of the selfish joys too, that I find it very useful just even personally, you know, having these conversations with you every week has been a delight.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, we're both reporting on our wanderings, you know. Um, Yeah. This is where I wandered last year, last week, you know. And, And it's kind of neat. Otherwise... You know, you can get lost in your own wanderings if you don't uh, right? Uh, you know, have a, a period of time yeah. where you can kind of bounce it off somebody else's wanderings. You know, it's yeah. uh, it's one of those things. And I think that this is, I think the value of this has lessened in my lifetime. You know, if I go back to the 40s and 50s, you know, and I mean, there was, in my life, there was, first of all, it was... A, Pretty easygoing life, if I remember it accurately. The 50, I mean, the, it, it moved at the, you know, it moved at the speed of the one traffic light that we had in our yeah. local town. Yeah. 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 And that was, and to this day, that town has one traffic light. There's, you know, yeah, there's only you know, one traffic light. Uh huh.
0: There's something to that, though. I think about that all the way back to the 80s, too, right? Like in the analog world, there was no way really of shaping, you know, we talk about from 1950 to 80, there's basically very little change that your consumption of things was real time and synchronous, was no way of, you know, even when you look at things like the answering machine for your telephone was one of the first things where you could be two places in one time. You could be uh, wherever you wanted to be, but still get that important call if you needed it. And then the VCR allowing you mm-hmm. to be doing something else, but also capturing what you wanted, added in some asynchronous element to what we're doing. But now, you know, fast forward now and nothing has to be synchronous, really. Core things do, but you know, as far as like choice and when things happen, if you wanted to watch Gunsmoke, you had to be in front of the TV on Sunday night or whatever Gunsmoke is on or the whatever television show you wanted. There was no other option but to organize your calendar and your day around being there at that time, and you watched whatever one of the three choices were that mm-hmm. night. You know, for that mm-hmm. happened literally until we got up to 13 channels, right? Mm-hmm. In the 70s, we had 13 channels, and some of them were, you know, one was French, one was the government, and one was, you know, not working. So you <laughs> had to choose. Between, you maybe had seven or eight choices, right? Three of them were Buffalo stations and the CBC and Global Television and yep, the yep. Kitchener channel. CTV.
1: C- CTV. C- CTV, yeah, yeah. So you have those. and You know, yeah. at 10 o'clock or 12 o'clock, depending when, the national anthem played. Yes. Yeah. They said, good night. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and they now, opened, you know, like uh, what? I was sick. I don't know when in the morning they started again, maybe six or so. Yeah. But, you know, they were obeying. Timeless, you know, the tra- the time schedule of antiquity, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting thing. And somebody made that up, you know, somebody made that up. Yeah. It's just one of the things that you pointed out. Is that when television first started, the first visual would be screens open, you know, the curtains opening, you know, like that. Right. How you'd yeah. Have, uh, yeah, and they were saying, you know, how do we make a presentation? Well, it's, it's uh-huh. you know, people are used to the curtains opening, so we have to have the curtains opening, you know, and yeah, you know, and that was a standard sort of or the, the you know and then they in the movie business they you know started to create corporate logos like the MGM lion right. you know, the lion ro- roaring or the you know 20th century fox had the yeah art deco sort of art deco yeah. universal had the planet and they had the, yeah yeah but it's very interesting. But things that you're, when you're born, things that are already made up seem timeless to you. Yeah. And well, the reason is, is nobody told you that the thing that you were watching or experiencing had been made up. You know, and they themselves may not have known that. I like it. Yeah. Well, I mean, a it's a, it's, it's, it, well, it's an interesting one because I think that calms you down. A bit. It just calms you down. And you just said, yeah. well... You know, and it probably the thing that was it when it was made up, it was to replace something that wasn't as good or didn't have as many voters or didn't have as many buyers, you know. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. And, you know, you know, it's really funny because one of the topics that was discussed at the time of the U.S. Constitution was would there be a national language mm. in other words and the reason was there were a sufficient number of people who spoke german in the okay. country at that time that people said well you know are we going to be a two-language country i mean where have you ever heard that i mean what a nonsensical <laughs> notion right that, that, that you would have crazy a, a, yeah, I, I mean, can th- think of all the uh, difficulties you run into when you yeah. make up a country with two official languages. You know, I mean, boy, oh, I mean, uh-huh. that'd be hard to that'd, that'd be hard to negotiate. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> but that was something that had to be uh, negotiated, and you know, and they had all the considerations because most of the colonies started with an established religion. Yeah, Episcopalian, which is Anglican, and then there was you know Catholic of Maryland, the colony of Maryland was a Catholic colony, and then you had you had Puritans, Puritans in Massachusetts and. The Friends, which are the Quakers in Pennsylvania, and you had all these, and they had deep roots. They had deep roots. You know, by the time you got to the Constitution, they'd been 100 years, 150 years. Mm. And uh, so there was that to be taking account. And then the Constitution was made up. And it was made up by cutting and pasting from 13 other constitutions. The colonial, the, each of the colonies right. had a constitution. That was that were made up, you know, uh-huh. and a lot of this stuff came from British examples of made up constitutions and you know, but after a while, you know something works, and people kind of say, "Okay, let's not fool around with it, not <laughs> let's stick with this, yeah, yeah, and you know there's challenges I'm seeing right now that. If one of the political parties in the United States starts getting disadvantaged by the Electoral College, they say, Okay, this is a eighteenth century white slave owner system <laughs> you, know? Mm. <laughs> you know, and everything else. And the reason is that their numbers are starting to dip down. They're noticing because every ten years there's a census and in the United States, and somebody made that up. When did <laughs> somebody that start? made that up. But the, they also made up a rule that when you get the census, you take the total number and you divide by 435. Okay. For what? Well, that gives you the average number of people that makes up a congressional district. Oh, I got you. Okay, right, right, right. Because there's only 435 congressional seats. I see. Okay, right. You know why? I didn't know that. Okay. No, why? Because in the building called the House of Congress in Washington, that's all the number of people you can fit. <laughs> oh, I love it. That is funny. And in 1927, that's they put an amendment in the con- they put a an amendment in the Constitution that you could only have 435 seats in Congress. So oh, when wow. Hawaii and Alaska, at that time, they were at about 48 states. I think they pretty mm-hmm. much reached 48. Then mm-hmm. in the 50s, they had Alaska and Hawaii were at it. And then they had to take some seats away from other states to give Hawaii. I think they, both of them, when they started, just had one. I don't think Alaska, I think Alaska only has one Congress. So is that why, do they do, and
0: then do they redraw the lines
1: every 10 years? Well, yeah, if there's more than one seat, if there's more than Mm -hmm. one seat, then yeah, they redraw them. And the power of that goes to the state legislatures. So the state legislatures are the ones who redraw the laws in their state which Mm -hmm. is totally 100% prejudicial because Mm -hmm. Republicans redraw the lines to favor them and Democrats redraw the lines and people say, well, this is absurd. This is absurd. Why do we have Uh this at all? Why don't we just have the total population? Everybody gets to vote, you know? Mm. And I said, well, there's problems with that too, you know? Yeah. And why do you have to be a citizen to be able to vote?
0: You know, Oh, boy.
1: And why can't 10-year-olds vote? If everything affects them. They've too. got an iPhone. They've got an iPhone. Why can't they
0: vote? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that's the speaker. Yeah,
1: so, one iPhone, one vote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. tell Siri. Just yeah.
0: tell Siri what you want to do.
1: See, I've solved the Siri problem. Just throw the phone under the throw
0: <laughs> under the couch.
1: Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I think she's lonely.
0: <laughs> oh, man. I wonder if she notices that you're...
1: No, she doesn't. Uh, she doesn't. Well, if she would be bothered, it wouldn't make me want to take my phone off and throw it under, because then you can negotiate, but there's no there negotiating. Oh, I about, got it. Uh, I mean, what a cop out. I mean, what's the thing of Apple still being in China? And she says, any questions related to Apple Corporation, please.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's so funny.
1: She's been trained. Come on, Siri, you're supposed to be intelligent. You got to have my view here. (laughs) Party line. Yeah. Yeah. That's another one, you know, that China was going to take over the 21st century another expectation and uh, you know and i think a lot it of people got got you caught were right about with, that
0: you were right i often tell people your observation that anywhere where two hours from the capital city people are shitting in a hole sitting in a hole, that's not hole in not the ground your
1: competition <laughs> that's not your competition <laughs> Man, that would definitely be true <laughs> it is true <laughs> so, absolutely so, Yes, that would be the case, yeah. yeah. But, you know, they have a history of not holding the country together, and it goes back 4,000 years or so. And uh, the, the period we're in right now, since 1949, when the communist government took over, is the longest stable period, peaceful period and fairly prosperous period in Chinese history. And it's coming would, apart, yeah. it's coming apart. And the reason is it's a almost impossible country to hold together, Yeah, And, you know, and, uh, you know uh, the North and the South have zero to do with each other. I mean, mm-hmm. they speak a different language, you know, man- yeah. Mandarin and uh, what's Cantonese the other one? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cantonese and ma- Mandarin, you know, they speak two mm-hmm. different languages. and uh, and you've got coastal Chinese from, there's a big, you know, the big river outlet that goes into where Shanghai is. And if you start with mm-hmm. Shanghai, come out to the coast and go south around to Beijing, that's a totally different China. That China relates uh-huh. to the world, that's related to the world forever. Don't have virtually nothing to do culturally with people in Beijing, you know, mm-hmm. and don't really like each other, you don't, don't, don't say good things about each other. It's almost like Democrats and Republicans. Yeah. So anyway, so plus they just stopped having children 40 years ago and the children right. they did have were all boys. <laughs> and oh, that causes boy. problems. And that causes problems. Yeah. Yeah, that
0: is interesting to see those population charts and where, what the coming impact
1: of that is going to be. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. You need lots of women to have lots of children, and they don't uh-huh. have marriages. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and a lot of the adoptions, you know, there were adoptions where people, right. foreigners. I knew a man when I started coach in the 90s, and he was from Indianapolis, and he and his wife had just adopted twin girls from yeah. China. My good friend and, Lane has two boys from China. Oh, That's surprising, man. The reason is that they didn't allow the boys to be adopted. You know, they allowed Mm. the girls to be adopted. And I said, you know, you're not looking long range here. (laughs) Right, exactly. Men are expendable. Women are not expendable.
0: Uh, (laughs) But as far as if your importance is to carry on your family
1: name. One man and a 100 women can create a civilization. There you go. <laughs> yeah, one woman uh, and a hundred men means that you just have a very tired woman by Friday.
0: <laughs> a Tired man.
1: Yes, exactly. That's funny. Yeah, I love so, it. Yeah, what'd you get? What'd we get in our wandering? Well, we got our, three our uh, wanderings uh, here.
0: I think we we established the we established the pace of uh, mainland. At 60 minutes per hour, that's yeah. what, and the context of the movement and doing. <laughs> and then everything is made up and nobody's in charge. And the third, hang on now, let me get the third back by. I'm not going to bring myself Life's not it up fair. Because you, life's not fair because you have Life, to go well. and get the
1: notes. Yeah, life, life isn't fair. Yeah. yeah, It doesn't mean that life is mean. It's just that fairness is a internal judgment that we make about things that are outside of us. And nature, you know, life is not really controlled by our internal judgments. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we can make things fair. I mean, I think humans do a really good job with people that they know and the situation right. they live in. They They create something called fairness, but it's made up. Yeah. I mean, look at the rules of sports. You know, the rules yeah. of sports are, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, you know, we have, I mean, we're finely tuned with our games. That yeah. uh, the game's only worth playing if there's an agreement that of what fair play means. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love these contextual
0: uh, conversations. Yeah. This is good. I'm gonna yeah, going to keep going on the. Way, the uh,
1: Karen Skorik, my emissary to Florida, you know, the diplomat to Florida, and through your good graces, she was able to go to the studio, and they treated her wonderfully. Yeah, I saw her. They 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 treated her wonderfully, and she learned a lot, and we have a trove of useful tips on creating our next, you know, studios, because we get Mm. to start from fresh. That's exactly uh, right.
0: yeah, and one and yeah. offered he'd be happy to happy to consult or to share whatever yeah be a resource for you yeah. if you need questions answered or anything. yeah so, so. it's great
1: all righty we'll, okay Dan uh, yeah, happy yeah, I'll new talk year to you next week uh, next week I'm in I'm in Chicago for Free Zone so I do the mm-hmm. Free Zone workshop on the Tuesday and we're doing and this so I have uh, a new ten times coach on the Monday. There's Lee Brower oh, is the, Lee Brower is the coach on Monday, so yeah, we and then um, we have virtual free zone coming up too. On the, yeah, we have virtual, and 12, then you will be I at think. the summit. You'll be at That's the summit. That's exactly right. And I have a fast filter to outline your thinking that you're going to share with us about mm-hmm. you know things Cloudlandia. Okay, I like it. I like what I'm hearing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, thanks, Dan. I will, I'll be here next week. Okay, great. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. Bye.